The best way to get hired, be persistent, knock on doors and keep knocking until you can't knock anymore. That's what I would say. I think that as an, in a, any type of management or boss, you admire that in somebody because you know that that's, that's a person that can probably sell. Welcome to the Closers Network Podcast, where we show you what's possible when you make a decision to join the remote sales revolution. This podcast is for you if you are currently trying to break into a lucrative remote closing opportunity, or if you want the resources to massively increase your monthly commissions. The e-learning space is an estimated $400 billion, and there are more than 250 million creators online and growing every day. We believe those who get into remote sales now will be massively rewarded in the future. If you're ready to explode your remote sales career and land better opportunities, join us for free at theclosersnetwork.com. Sit back and enjoy. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Closers Network podcast. Guys, today we have a real treat. So we have Marcy in the house. We're super excited. Marcy, if you don't mind just introducing yourself and uh, letting us know how you ended up at One Call Closers. Sure, okay. So I ended up at One Call Closers about five years ago. At that time, I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, I've been operating a gym here, here and there as well. I'm looking for just a little bit of additional income for the family just to do fun things like vacations or, you know, extra grocery money, things like that. And uh, we brought a one income for about mm, 15 years. Wow. Yeah. And so I told my brother, hey, you think I could take some calls and make some extra cash? And he said, hey, let, let's try it. I was going to be the first girl closer. He said, I think a girl will be good for the team. Mm -hmm. And that's where it all started. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, one thing I'm curious about, right? Um, you have such an incredible family. You've done such a phenomenal job raising incredible children. Between being a mom and managing that and now, right, transitioning into closing full time, how do you find the time to juggle to be, I think now probably the top performer in the company that has the highest closing ratio, that has the most cash collected, how are you able to do that full time and still continue being a phenomenal parent? Hmm. By the grace of God, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's my answer. Uh, you know what? It's it's. Uh, there's no easy answer to that, but definitely my most prized accomplishment is my family, my children. That's my life's work, and that's the heart of my life. Um, and this actually, in my opinion, it really fits really nicely with what I'm looking to accomplish as a mom. At one time, I had littles running all over the place, and that is more than a full-time job. And um, I really, I think I strive to be an excellent mom and an excellent wife. And that's carried over now into me closing. I strive to be an excellent closer um, and to really live up to the name of One Call Closers. Mm -hmm. And it fits in really nicely, Mike, because my children are older now. I have a son in college. He just started college this year. Right. And now I can say this sacrifice of maybe some time that I'm spending away from them is worth what I can provide in exchange mm -hmm. because now he has an education he'll never have to worry about paying off a huge loan for that my daughter's in club volleyball and i don't know if you know anything about club volleyball but if you look on instagram there's all sorts of jokes about how expensive it is and everything but yeah. it's opened up a lot of opportunities and privileges for my family and it's been a good time because they're more independent and things like that now yep but it's a juggling act for sure yeah you do <laughs> such a phenomenal job at it Aww, so that's amazing you. that means a lot um, you have this energy, you have this aura. Every time I see you or anytime I see you around uh, interacting with other people, you just have like, there's something about you where you're, you're always nice. You're always having a smile on your face. You're always showing up a specific type of way with just good energy. 
How did that come about? Has that always been you or is that something that maybe developed over time? Um, I think it's been me for a very long time, Mike. And, you know, I think that's a, a it's actually a very personal question. I'm glad that you see that because I actually feel like a very joyful person mm. and I look forward to waking mm. up in the morning. Of course, I have the normal challenges and I've had painful moments in life where I haven't looked forward to waking up in the morning. But overall, um, I feel so blessed just to be alive. Mm. Um, mm. I feel so blessed to have all the things that I have, especially my family and uh, I've been, I've been blessed. I have the grace of God in my life and it just really makes a big difference for me. Amen. That's incredible. And I love people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. When I first started closing, actually, I used to get so nervous because I didn't understand any of the tech stuff. I had never been on Zoom before sharing my screen. I knew very little about sales processes or, you know, just anything that had to do with sales at all. And, but I remember that I'd be shaking, I'd be nervous. And then I get on the call and I'd see the person and we start talking and it would just be like, oh, oh, yes. So I love connecting with people. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. It, it definitely, you can, you, if you've, if anyone's seen any one of your calls, which I have, you, you can definitely see that connection. Yeah. It's very strong. Oh, good. Um, does Marcy have a routine and, um, or, or what kind of stuff maybe does Marcy do to, to, as we call it, right? Get your mind right, right? Before you yeah. start the day or before you get on a call. Is there anything you can share with our listeners as far as a process maybe? Yeah. So gosh, there's, there's a couple of things as probably, you know, Mike, I love to work out my brother. We lo we've loved working out for a long time. That's a big part of things. Um, but one routine that I think makes the biggest difference in my life that I've had now for about 10 years is every morning I wake up usually before anybody else is awake, although my husband's a really hard worker and sometimes he's leaving at three and four in the morning, so I can't beat him. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I have that time alone with me and the Lord in my Bible. And I just sip on the best coffee in the world. My husband makes French press coffee for me every morning. And that's my therapy. And I just leave every worry and every care on the table there in the morning and uh, get to work. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. As far as like people dealing with limiting beliefs, right? One of the questions that we had submitted to specifically ask you, right, is how do you deal with limiting beliefs. If, if whether you're a new closer or whether you're an existing closer, maybe you jump on and now you have a, a higher end ticket offer that you sell. Maybe you're not selling a $2,000 package anymore. You're now focused on a 10, 15, 20, 25,000. How, how, how can someone actually like break through a limiting belief that they're having? Well, the first limiting belief that comes to mind, especially when you're mentioning different size packages, like anywhere from like, let's just say 10 to 30K or something like that, um, usually it's a financial mindset. Mm. And so I think that the best way to handle that is to challenge the belief system that the person has in place. In other words, what has this resulted in for you? Mm -hmm. So for example, in a, in a uh, call situation, I would say, you know, oh, I, I just can't spend that kind of money. It's just too much. Not, I don't have it. Da, da, da. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Have you considered coaching in the past? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I have, but it's always been really expensive. Okay. So what's been missing in the past, though, with the other times that you've tried to accomplish such and such goal with other courses or other programs that you've been in? They said, well, I didn't have the mentorship. You know, I got lost. I didn't have anybody to ask questions to. And then you go, OK, so you probably could have really used coaching then, huh? Mm -hmm. And how long did you say you've been trying to accomplish this goal? I think establishing a timeline for how long they've had the belief system in play and how long that they haven't been able to accomplish the goal is a huge reality check for people. Mm -hmm. So I always say, okay, so you, and then a lot of times people won't say years. They'll say like, so what I mean by that is like, I was speaking with a gentleman. He said, I've been trying to accomplish this since like, I think he said 1990. Oh. I was like, and he said it like no big deal. Like since 1990, 
I'm like, what? You've been trying to establish an online business since 1990? And did I just want to make sure I understand you correctly. Did you say that you haven't experienced the success you were looking for in that time period? Oh, I made a couple sales here and there, but yeah, nothing really worked. Okay. I said, so you're telling me you've been pursuing this now for over 25 years with no success. And like, as soon as I said that, I could tell he was like, "Uh oh, I just got caught, mm-hmm. you know? And then it makes people reconsider their mindset on things mm-hmm. because it's not producing the results they want. Wow, guys, that's powerful. You guys should be taking notes. There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of nuggets in there. Um, we have a lot of reps that are entering and coming into the, the school network, the closers network in school. Yeah. And they would love to know what is maybe one piece of advice that you have that can uh, help a new rep see success like during their first 30 days to really up that performance? Ooh, that is a great question. I would say to really try to be relatable to the prospect. When you get on that call with them, don't think so much about how you're going to close the deal. Think about how you're going to find out how you can help them Mm. and enjoy the call. Enjoy your time with that person. I think that sometimes in the beginning, you're so performance oriented and that's a good thing. You want to, this is all performance oriented, by the way. Um, So so don't get me wrong. But what I mean is you're just thinking about that money coming in your pocket. And when you do that, people catch on to that. Yes. And it causes you to focus a lot on like sequences and specific questions. And you almost can become like a detective versus somebody that's relatable that people want to open up to and tell you what they're looking for. Uh, you want people to convince you they need something, not the other way around. Oof. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's powerful. That's extremely powerful. So, yeah, that, that that's, I mean, if you're, if you're able to do that, right, you're able to relate to them, then like you said, you're not necessarily focused on all I'm trying to do is get the clothes, right? You're establishing a connection, which mm-hmm. of course you do a phenomenal job of. And now you're able to have a conversation, have it be relatable. And it makes it a lot easier to be able to get them from point A to point B, essentially. Absolutely. You yep. want to get them talking. Uh, one person. So we have some um, new closers that have started, right, with one call closers. Uh-huh. And so there's, there's a thing where, you, you know, when new closers come on, they don't feel like they want to rush the call. So they don't really feel comfortable with like maybe a 30 minute call gap. And yeah. maybe should I do 45 minutes or 60 minutes? So one of the questions we got is, you know, is it maybe a better strategy to have less calls, but to take more time going deeper, yeah. right? Touching deeper on pain points and building rapport. Or is it possible for someone to come in right off the bat and to have short calls within 30 minutes and be able to still benefit from the amount of conversations they're having? What have you found? Do you feel like like 30 minutes is kind of the sweet spot? Maybe is a 45 minute call sort of a sweet spot? Mm-hmm. And, and, and can someone do that? Should be taking more calls or should they be taking less calls and maybe investing more time in the calls? Well, I've wrestled with this question myself. So for the past five years, all my calls have been 30 minutes. So okay. I've worked within that time frame and I've thought about asking, hey, can we have longer time frames for calls or whatnot? But here's what I think. I think in 30 minutes, that's a f- sufficient amount of time to find out if the call is really closable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's here's where I'll fudge a bit. If I get to that 30 minute point and I haven't collected payment, but I can tell this person just needs to talk through some things and they're ready to go, or maybe they need to do a, a financing application and see what their options are. I'm going to stay on that call. I'm going to let the next person know I'm running behind or maybe can we schedule because I already know that there's money now on the table here. And then it's worth definitely extending your time with that person. Mm -hmm. But you should know in 30 minutes and 
if you don't know for sure this is a closable deal, then you should move on to the next. And that's my opinion. Yeah, I found that to be true too, because you've already invested 30 minutes into the call. That's and right. if you feel like you're right there, you can always apologize to the next person. You know, hey, I'm so sorry I ran behind. My last call took a lot longer than expected. Maybe mm -hmm. you can throw a bonus or something right there. Wait, make it right. But like the fact that you've already invested so much time in that call, it's like, man, you can't let it go, right? Stay on the call, get it done. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I 100% agree. That's awesome. When you get clients that come on the call that don't have a lot of maybe motivation, right? Or they're not showing that they're super interested or they feel like they know it all, like, right. but they still took the time to schedule that call, yeah. right? Um, and, but they're having a hard time taking guidance and maybe they're you know hiding behind the phone and they don't wanna get even on a face-to-face -face meeting where they, they're not turning the camera on, right? right? Is there any suggestions you would have for dealing with a specific avatar of a person that uh, pulls up to the call like that? Is it maybe going deeper and asking questions uh -huh. and really trying to gauge in that 30 minutes if the motivation's here? And if not, hey, maybe it just doesn't make sense to continue this conversation. Right. If you don't mind sharing a little bit on, on any suggestions around that. I think the first thing is determining where they're coming from. So is it a defense mechanism? In other words, maybe they've been burned in the past and they just expect you to try to burn them again, yes. right? Um, maybe they're just shy and you just need to ask more questions that they'll open up. Um, I think that for me, the most, the best way to deal with this is to ask questions. Yes. And I think that the worst thing you can have almost as a closer is somebody that gives you one word answers, because I feel like if you can't get somebody to talk about what they're going through, what they're looking for, the reasons that they need what you have to offer in some way, chances are it's not a closable deal. Mm -hmm. So we have to ask really good questions like, you know, how long have you been trying to accomplish this goal? What have you tried before? What, and, and a simple question, what made you decide to book this call today? What motivated you? What are you hoping to get out of this call? That's right. Um, if you're getting nothing and nothing, I think it's fair to, um, I call it accusations audit because that's how I learned the terminology, but basically to call call it out, yes. to, to, to bring a light to the elephant in the room, which is that they seem like they're actually not that interested. And just say something like, hey, you know what? I gotta be honest with you. It seems like you're really not that interested. What, what made you book this call today? Because I'm sensing that this might not be the right time. You're not really interested in what we have to offer and see what they have to say. They might be like, oh no, no, it's not that. It's just that, you know what, Marcy, you know what, three years ago, I invested in a coaching program. I lost $20,000. It was a really hard experience. I'm a little leery. Find out what's actually going on. So if you've dug and you can't get anything, just ask them. That's right. That's right. Hey guys, want to take a quick break because the number one question that Mike and I get asked all the time, is there any way I can work with a coach to ramp me up to $10,000 to $30,000 a month fast in the remote closing space? So we took your feedback and we created an in-person one-on-one mentorship with the Closers Network coaches where we will work with you one-on-one -on -one to ensure your success in this lucrative space. This mentorship is for you if you're looking to get out of a nine to five you hate and start living the life of a remote closer, working anywhere in the world, setting your own schedule and making $10,000 to $30,000 a month. Or maybe you're currently on an offer and you want to unlock a new level of income in your current role and start making much bigger commission checks. If this sounds interesting to you, you can go to bit.ly forward slash closers network coaching. That is bit.ly forward slash closers network coaching, or you can click the link in the description to apply. Back to the podcast. Man, those questions that Marcy just shared, guys, it, whether you're new or you've been seasoned, right, in this space, 
you got to go write those questions down and make sure you're implementing them in your sales process. That's, that's a lot of value right there. So this is a really good question and it was asked by someone internally. Uh-huh. And, and this someone, let's just say, I, I don't want to throw her name out there, but she's gone on to, I believe, make over 500K this year with, within uh, the company. I think I know you're talking about. I think about. you know who I'm talking I love about. Her. Yeah. With that being said, and at the level she's at, right, she asked the question, did you ever experience a length of time mm-hmm. where your at-bats, right, were strikeouts? And <laughs> if so, what did you do to keep yourself positive and hopeful going into the next call? Ooh, that's a fantastic question. Mm-hmm. So when I had a lot of at-bats that were striking out is in the beginning, and that's because I just needed to figure out what worked. What kept me motivated, I think, was the people around me that really believed in me that I could make it happen. And I just kind of have a competitive drive anywhere. And I felt like, hey, if this person's doing it and that person's doing it, maybe I can just figure out what they're doing that's working and I can do it too. And that's kind of what I did. But even now, Mike, there's days where you feel a little defeated. I mean, let's be honest, right? Um, There's days where I've called my brother and I'm like, oh my gosh, I took like five or six calls. None of them were financially qualified. Some of them weren't even interested. They did. They thought I was a coach. They didn't know why they booked the call, you know, on and on and on and on. Um, but I think I just told myself, hey, just get up and do better tomorrow. And you know what? And I try to analyze and examine myself. Where did I miss out on some potential opportunity? Where did I not say the right thing or do the right thing? And also, could I have been more proactive before I got on the call? Mm. In other words, very often we set up ourselves for failure, I think, by not being proactive and being a little bit sluggish in terms of our calls. So one thing that I do like religiously is every call that books, I look up their application. I see if there's any potential barriers that could prevent them from moving forward. Or maybe like, like if they say, I don't know what, why I booked this call. I already purchased it. I'm upset, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I just want to return what I have. Or um, I live in Bangladesh and, you know, the currency exchange rate's really small. I'm making $100 a month or something. And I'll reach out to them in advance and I'll say, hey, you know what? You mentioned on your application, just want to make sure this isn't going to be a potential barrier for you. And open up conversation in advance. And very often I can find out whether this is a call that I'm going to really take or not. And that prevents for me so many days like that. So you mentioned you have a little bit of a competitiveness in you. Is that Mm -hmm. something you've always had? Is it something maybe that was instilled in you? If you don't mind talking about that a little bit. Um, gosh, you know what? I think it is something that was instilled in me and that I've always had. My dad was in sales. I don't know if you're aware of that, Mike. I'm sure maybe, no. maybe you've heard, but, um, my grandfather came here from Mexico, started wow. an aerospace company after almost dying of tuberculosis when oh he moved gosh. here. Yeah. Um, and so we grew up in a very competitive environment, a very work ethic oriented environment because mm-hmm. it was a rags to riches story with my grandpa. And so he started this aerospace company. They were doing contracts for Boeing and Douglas. And I worked for the company for many years, just doing filing and things like that. So I was in that environment. My dad was the salesman. Mm. And so we heard him on calls all the time. We never, I was never like watching it to learn. I, it was just a, being absorbed though. And so I find, I think that that has something to do with it. Um, also maybe just being the oldest, I really like to kind of like challenge myself to, to really set a high standard. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. So as, as the oldest sibling, you feel like maybe you have a little bit of responsibility to set the high standard absolutely. for everyone else in the family. Yeah, absolutely. That's Even amazing. in my personal life, that keeps me going sometimes. I'm like, oh no, because if my brother or sister knows I did this, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, I'm walking the straight and narrow. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, 
do you, do you have a sales target this year? Uh-huh. And given the incredible sales performance that you've had for, for last year and every year prior to that, yeah. how do you maybe, if you do have a goal, how do you maybe plan on actually achieving that goal for this year? Yeah. So I think I did around $4 million in sales last year. Um, I would like to... $4 million, guys, $4 million. Yeah, so I would like to surpass that. I would love to get to $5 million, $6 million. I would love to be pocketing a million dollars a year. I mean, that would be wonderful. Um, it's funny, though, because when I started with this, I did not keep track of how much, how many sales I had made or my commissions. And so my so my brother, who's also my boss, he would call me and be like, hey, I remember I was only like three months into it. He called me and I had been on a trip with my daughter in Sacramento and on the bus rides, I was reaching out to people and making sales and things like that through email. (laughs) And I thought it's going to be my worst month because I was gone for seven days and my brother, I got back and I'm driving. He's like, Hey, he's like, you already did 17 K and we're only like a week into the week into the month. I'm like, I did. I didn't even know. (laughs) Um, because I think I kind of work off more. So just like making the best of each moment, the best of each lead. Mm. And, um, that's kind of what drives me. And I think that the, um, the success that results from that is just like a natural result. Right. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Somebody wrote, uh, inside of the closers network actually. So, Hey, I'm new to this Marcy and I'm curious uh, if you have any suggestions or recommendations on what maybe the best way to get hired for a remote closing position is. Ooh, the best way to get hired, be persistent, knock on doors and keep knocking until you can't knock anymore. That's what I would say, because there's so many people who want a position like this, but you would be surprised being in a management position. You know, it's hard to find highly motivated people and especially in sales, uh, I think that as an, in any type of management or boss, you admire that in somebody because mm-hmm. you know that that's, that's a person that can probably sell, right? right. And yeah. so I would just say be persistent, send emails, call. Um, we, I just watched a movie about one of the first uh, astronauts, and he was from Mexico, and he had applied for NASA, gosh, I think 11 times and got denied 11 times. And finally, he said, I'm going in in person. And he showed up in person and the head of NASA was like, why are you here? We've denied you 11 times. And he said, well, you can deny me one more, but I'm here in person and I'm the man for the job. And he got it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's my advice. That's yeah. That's 100% what I always recommend because I I do Wednesday coaching calls inside Uh of the school network. And a lot of people come on and they ask me and I just say, guys, like, what are you doing right now? And sometimes the activity is not enough. How many applications have you put in? How many interviews have you actually gone through? Whatever you're doing, you're probably not doing enough. That's right. And it's competitive. So yep. you have to stand out. You have to stand out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You have to stand out, guys. It's, it's very important. So that, that also means like you got to develop your skill set. So anyone that's mm-hmm. not inside of the school network, I highly recommend getting in there, guys. It's free, right? We do coaching Monday through Friday for one hour every single day with different coaches and there's a ton of value. You can come on, you can ask questions, you can get all the help and support that you need. Get all your questions answered on that call for free. Mm-hmm. So make sure you get in there. The link's gonna be right here below. Yeah. Um, do you uh, have a favorite closing line? A favorite closing line? Oh, that's a good one. I have. I think I have several, but I think that the, I think the most important line, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's the most important, yep. is, is this exactly what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Is this exactly what you need to be successful? Mm-hmm. I will never go into the close until I ask that question because they it might not be, or right. they might not be ready to say it. And if they're not ready to say it, then why? Right. Right. So until somebody says, yes, I really need this. This is exactly what I need. I just need to make sure I can do it. 
bingo. Now I'm already going for the clothes. But if they say, I, I think so. Okay, so what do you like? What do you like? What's missing? What, what, are, you, what are you thinking? And and get they'll talk, people will talk and yeah. all of a sudden somebody that was like eh, if I so if I hadn't said that right and let's just say that it's somebody that says I think so but I didn't ask but that's where their head was at is I think so right and I go in for the clothes guess what they're gonna say let me think about it I don't think I have the finances on it that same person if I just say is this exactly what you're looking for and they tell me I think so. But now I, I dig a little deeper. We mm -hmm. talk about it for two more minutes and they feel relief mm -hmm. and they feel like I've answered their own questions. Now right. that same person two minutes later is ready to buy. That's right. Man, there you go, guys. There you go. <laughs> I hope you guys are taking notes. This, this, this episode is jam-packed with a lot of value. Um, I'd love to know, Marcy, if you've, and I've asked this question to a couple of people on the episode. I'm just curious to see um, your, your answer. Uh -huh. Have you ever sold anybody and regretted it? Ooh, that's a good question. So um, I actually recently had an older gentleman that set up several calls with me and he wanted to do private coaching, which private coaching is very expensive. He had already invested in a group coaching program. And I actually felt like in order for, for me to sleep at night, because it's, it's a hard skill set. He's older. Um, I could tell he didn't have the tech skills and this is just being very transparent. Yep. So I actually told him on two calls, I don't think this is the right move for you right now. You're going to have to do two payments. You said you're doing this for retirement. Um, I don't, how do you feel about this? Because I don't feel comfortable with you eating into that right now. And that's just to clear my conscience and, and be able to sleep at night. Um, and he said, you know what? You're right. And he got off the phone. Then he scheduled two more calls with me. So I went through this whole thing with him again. And he goes, Marcy, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for being honest with me. He's like, but here's the deal. I really want to do this. And I'm not going to do it without a coach. So I'm going to do it. And then I, then now I sold it and I felt confident about what right. I had done. Yeah. Versus me saying, this is an easy close. He has the money. He's elderly. Um, and then going to bed at night and thinking, I don't know if he's really going to make this happen. I, I wonder if I manipulated him into doing it. I never want to feel that way. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I think Trish actually had a similar answer when I asked her. Oh, did she? Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Um, what do you love most about sales? What I love most about sales is just all the people I meet. I mean, for, for our team, I talk to people, I can talk to somebody in, you know, Australia, in Singapore, in Texas, and in Canada, all in the same day. And it's so neat to see how different people live, how they talk, their culture. Um, but I just love connecting with people. And I love, I love to see the success um, because I've talked to a lot of people when they're at ground zero. So I had one gentleman, Mike. I signed him. He was from South Korea. South Korea. South Korea. Same Sung Min. Anyway, cool call because he, um, he was in a hut when I talked to him wow. on Zoom. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is so cool, you know? And for him, the investment for private coaching was like 4X what it would be for somebody here in the States because of the currency exchange rate. Yep. And he told me, Marcy, whatever I have to do to make this happen, I'm going to do it. And I thought, let's see, right? Because that's 30, 40 K for him. And, you know, he's in a situation where there's not a lot of job opportunities and stuff like that. Three months later, he gets a hold of me. He says, I saved the money. Let's do it. Wow. Okay. Fast forward to today. He did $5 million in sales last year. Oh my gosh. And that's in U.S. Five currency. 5 million in sales? 5 in million. In U.S. currency. In U.S. currency. So, you know, that's, that makes it worth it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that being said, Marcy, um, do you have any final thoughts you maybe want to share with our audience here before um, before the episode's over? 
I would just encourage anybody, just Mike, because you mentioned several times how many new closers there are. Yep. I was new. I was struggling. I had to figure things out. And I would just encourage you, the opportunity here is once in a lifetime. So don't give it up. You may have some hard days. Dust yourself off. Figure out what you can do better. Like you were saying, um, listening to the podcast, this the one the closers network. It's invaluable. Mm-hmm. As a sales manager, I know who is doing self development and who's not. I know who's showing up to listen to sales calls and do podcasts with you and think. I mean, pod- trainings with you, yep. trainings with the other closers versus those who aren't. Mm-hmm. It makes a huge, huge difference. So. Work on your self-development, gear up, and dust yourself off and wake up again. You got this. That's my advice. There you go. There you guys have it, guys. Well, hey, thank you so much, Marcy, for coming to the studio. Your, your time is very valuable, so we're honored to have you here. Thank you so much, guys. Um, Marcy's information will be below if you want to follow her inside of the Closers Network um, and maybe hear a little bit more from her. That being said, please, guys, I would appreciate if you can help uh, like and share the episode to anyone that you might find that can get value out of this. Uh, It will help us a lot. And then again, make sure if you guys are not already a part of the school network, click the link below. Join. It's completely free. And we hope to see you on some of those training calls. That being said, Marcy, thank you so much. It's been been a pleasure. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Awesome.